It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast where you give the questions and we give the answers. That was so smooth. Like butter. (laughs) Should we dive into it? Yeah. I don't think we have any announcements. Let's just read a question. So uh, how about I read it? I think that's acceptable. Okay. Motion approved. This is from a listener named Shang. I have been at my current company for about a year and a half. I was brought on board to work on re-engineering some outdated Fox Pro claims processing infrastructure. Instead, I was tasked with a couple of small internal support applications. During the last year, I've also witnessed a great deal of politics. Um, Like, did you win the an election. <laughs> we all we all sounds have. great <laughs> we all witnessed yeah, a lot of politics this that's year. <laughs> true <laughs> i asked about the original projects but kept getting answers that seemed random and i was nowhere near the task i was brought on to do my question is what is your suggestion for my situation well first of all avoid witnessing politics <laughs> <laughs> it's never fun <laughs> yeah uh fox pro so do you know what fox pro is dave i think is that like Star Fox, like a sequel? <laughs> they needed someone to beat this level on the video game. I could see some <laughs> freshly funded Silicon Valley startup hiring people that way. Like, can you beat this game? All right, you're hired. Because it means that you'll do well in the Nerf Wars that we regularly have at the office. <laughs> Culture fit, check. Check. <laughs> The whiteboard interview process is they draw a bullseye on the whiteboard. (laughs) You have to shoot it with a Nerf gun. And then you hit it with the Nerf gun. (laughs) It turns out this is as effective as a normal interview. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I know Fox Pro means like old clunky stuff, but that's about all I know. I think think it's like in the realm of uh, FileMaker and Microsoft Access, like Mm. from yesteryear. Yeah, Microsoft I, I, proprietary software stuff. I think Access is still around, though. Yeah, totally still around. Fox Pro, I Googled it, and the last release was 2007, which oh, means so it's still a, pretty young. Well, it's like 400 <laughs> JavaScript framework generations behind. <laughs> but not like the hot new tech that you are excited to be working in. So I could see how the, yeah. the position of come in and bring us to something new from this old clunky thing you know this is this is a theme that i we keep hearing people ask this question uh, or sorry questions that have this theme and i've seen this as well um as i watch people interview um who where i'm already hired and i'm like on the interview panel and i hear my coworkers mention like the coolest project they could possibly imagine and i think no one's working on that and that's not on the roadmap <laughs> for months like why are you why are you holding out this carrot like that but you know whatever it takes to close the deal yeah it does seem super common to to sell people in interviews and then you get to there yeah you you get there and your job is like move this button to the left a little bit yeah no (laughs) wait a little bit more no wait move it a little bit to the right um yep but but the interview was like build an ai to design interactive uis based on demographic big data cloud serverless and <laughs> exactly yeah exactly and, and yeah. sometimes it's even more specific than that it's like we think that if we're successful we can do x and x is like this really cool thing but it's like x is like five years out you know yeah that that seems less uh 
less malicious to me because part of, especially if it's a startup, part of their job is to have this like giant earth shattering vision. And you kind of know like, yeah, but first we have to get customers to make it to that role. And, but, but the specific sales pitch of we work with this list of cool technologies and then you get there and that's like the list yeah. of stuff that you see in Google searches and then scroll past to get to your actual problem. <laughs> then that that seems a little more actively yeah. bad. Yeah. So I think so, what's happening here oh, is you got this interview and it was like, well, we have this old Fox Pro system. We really need to re-engineer it. And then it's like, oh, cool. I could do that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you could do that <laughs> if you were hired. <laughs> Theoretically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, theoretically, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love it if someone came in and did that in addition to all this other work that they need to do first. <laughs> I think that when it comes to re-engineering stuff, uh, that can be like, it's really hard to let the new engineer do that, you know? It's like we have this system, it's like 10 years old, lots of cruft, it's built up over a lot of generations of engineers. Why don't we just take the new person and have them rebuild it from scratch? That's pretty rare. As far as a, a prestige thing, like they haven't paid their dues yet, so they don't get to work on the cool new thing or? No, I wasn't thinking in those terms, but I can see how you might, how someone might think that way. I was thinking more like they just don't have enough context to rebuild mm. a system to cover all the requirements that have, that have evolved over like a decade in this case. Yeah. This is kind of funny because um, I'm literally doing this exact thing right now for a client. I'm I'm working with a a software company i am helping them hire a team to rebuild an outdated system and i i i don't know i'm totally selling people on it right because it's cool it's fun to come mm -hmm. into a greenfield project and i have all these reasons why it's actually different this time and it will actually happen but i mean there's still a risk that the company could wildly pivot i guess and say like actually we're okay with the the old thing <laughs> yeah, th there are a lot of reasons why I'm I'm incredibly confident that won't happen. But I still feel when when I'm pitching people, I still feel this little voice in my head that's like, everyone says this, and most of the time it's not true. <laughs> Come rewrite yeah. everything. Like that yep. never happens. But why don't we answer two questions? One is how could they avoid getting in this situation, and the other one is how do they get out of it? Does that sound okay? Totally. So how, yeah, how would you avoid uh, ending up in this place where you're hired for one thing and then you find out there's lots of politics and you have to mm -hmm. get shuffled onto these projects you don't love and the thing yeah. you end up hired for, the thing you were hired for is just nowhere in sight? I think this is actually really, really hard to do. But with some good questions, you can get there. And I think the, the question that was probably asked in this interview was, what, can, what am I going to work on? And the answer was, oh, we're going to re-architect this thing. It's going to be really cool. But a better question could be, what did your team deliver most recently? Like, tell me about the last three deliveries your team did. Yep. What was it? And if the what answer is- What are you is, actually working on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like the answer to what are you going to work on in the future is really easy to speculate on. But the answer to what did you work on is like super concrete and probably- 100% more representative of what you will work on in your near future. Yeah. That's why I'm a fan of pair programming in interviews because you get to see what people are doing for their job. And if they're selling oh, you on this yeah. vision and then they just are doing something in their day-to-day -day that's not quite that vision, then 
you, you so find good. out there's not a there's not an easy way to hide that unless they like pull out the new project every time they interview someone <laughs> to pair program on which makes progress with every interview <laughs> yeah i literally only work on this when i'm pair programming with interview candidates <laughs> 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 maybe that's a question on your checklist Okay, I see yeah. you're editing this file. When was the last time you edited this file? And when yeah, was your last interview? <laughs> Got to defend against that. But the the politics thing, how would you how would you get a feel for that? So every company has politics, I think. Like any group of two or more human beings is going to have some amount of politics. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could just ask the question, tell me about your company politics. <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually, I've actually never asked about this at a company before. How, yeah, how would you even ask about it? I mean, what are you trying to suss out when you're talking about politics? Is it like, I don't know, when, when I hear politics, I imagine some of it is like kind of cutthroat, self-serving career maneuvering where you're doing things to sabotage other people to advance yourself. That yeah. seems horrible. Some of it is just like you said, if there are if there's marketing and there's products and they're in different organizations, they're gonna have different priorities yeah, and they're gonna kinda yeah. like jockey to see who gets to ask engineering to do what and what's the order and I I could see that relationship being tricky and that could get kind of political, but you're gonna have to figure out how to allocate that work somehow. I think it's I think it's really, really hard in an interview, if not impossible to identify the politics. It takes me months on the job before I start to even notice the politics that are that are like underpinning things, you know? They're so subtle. Yeah. Maybe this is a different question then. How do you get a feel for the politics? Because I, yeah, that could be a huge deal breaker. Okay, maybe we will table that part then. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Work it's there not and then possible. build a time machine. <laughs> I think yeah. it has to be possible if you have friends that work there, that's great, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cop-out answer. I mean, yeah. If you had friends that work there, you probably already have answers to a lot of these questions. Yeah, it's exactly. Like You'd probably know that easy. they're not working on updating the Fox Pro product. Exactly. Okay, well... So, I don't know. I think you might just have to work there. That's At least that's all I've done. That feels unsatisfying to me. It is. It's a big risk changing jobs for that reason. Yeah. Now, the, the bigger the bigger the company, the more you have to worry about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, another quick feel, I've heard this consistently from people who work at family-owned companies. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that before? Uh, Where yes. There's all kinds yeah. of politics if you're in the family or not, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's I think, a big red flag that you should investigate. But then yeah. I think I think most companies, especially if they're very young, like if you if the company's only like less than a year old, there is unlikely to have developed significant politics that are gonna destroy it or make your job miserable. Yeah. I'm gonna think about this and then maybe I'll like Yeah, maybe maybe I'll have stuff to say later because this is a really interesting topic. But I have nothing right now. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's continue. Okay. So what do they do now? What does Shang do now? I actually wonder if, I was wondering this out loud before the show with Jameson, but I wonder if this question is being asked kind of maybe as asking permission to quit. You know, like, can is this a situation that I would feel okay quitting from? Mm-hmm. Because that's the first most obvious simple answer. It's like the big hammer that you can yeah. hit all the nails with. Yeah. Um, you know, get me out of yeah. here. I give you permission 
I pass you the token of quitting permission. <laughs> the ceremonious yeah. token. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, unless you want to try and enact organizational change, bailing is an easy way out that in today's climate has uh, not enormous downsides. I guess it depends on where you are in your career and yeah. where you are yeah. in the market. I This listener has been at the job for a year and a half. Um, it's probably not going to be a, a big problem is my guess. Yeah, but I mean, maybe they live in a non-tech hub area. Maybe yeah. they maybe they don't really know how they would go about getting another job. I think our our advice of quit your job and get a new one and everything will be fine implicitly assumes and it'll be easy to get a new job. And for some people, that might not be totally true. But maybe they live in a thriving Fox Pro metropolis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe Fox Pro is the only game in town. <laughs> So um, I would say if, if you're thinking about quitting, I would pause that conversation and go sit down and have a very frank conversation with your manager. It sounds like you've tried to have this conversation and you keep getting these like half-hearted, crappy excuses for why you're not doing what you were promised you could do. And I think you can come right out and in a non-threatening, non-blackmail way say, I really want to work on this project and not being able to work on it is making it harder to stay here and making other options look really attractive. You yeah. Know, that, and that's going to ruffle some feathers maybe. Um, but, you know, worst case scenario is you find out that you need to quit because it's never going to happen. Yeah. Or manage, you know, management is just like so put off by that question that uh, that you need to quit. Or they might say, oh, wow, he's really serious. Let's, you know, let's let's give him the chance. Yeah. I guess I'm totally ignoring a whole class of solutions to this problem, which is if they're not doing it, there's some there's some reason why. Um, and, and one approach to that is to make the case to the business that it is the right thing to update this. Like if they're just trying to update it because it's old and no one wants to work in Fox Pro, if it works fine, um, management might look at that and say like okay the engineers will be happier but also they'll be kind of going backwards and starting over and i i don't know yeah. there that that's that's part of why i mentioned the client i'm working with right now why this is actually happening here is because there's very compelling business facing reasons why um rebuilding the system is important and in the best interest of the company so everyone is bought in right. like the ceo wants it to happen he doesn't see it as like oh, these developers are just whining about the code or whatever. And it's it's like, no, he wants to get these specific outcomes, which will happen from re-architecting the system. So if if you want to go into sales mode, you can try and make the case that this will be better for the company. And therefore, you should let me do it. Um, yep. If that, yeah, if that doesn't work, then I agree with Dave. This, this feels like, it feels like, on average, a job you would get could be better than this. Does that make sense? I think so. There's this thing in sports statistics called value over replacement player. And it's basically how much better is this thing than like your average professional player? If we just went out and got a random player, uh, mm -hmm. would we be likely to have a better player than what, than, than what we have right now? I think that same thing can apply ah. to jobs where if you just like went out and got a job. So like if the answer is yes, you, you bail? That's one way to look at it. Yeah. 
I mean, there's other stuff that goes into it too, but, but it feels to me like this, this is, uh, below average of random tech job. So if you just go and get a different job, you, you'd be better off. No, that's cool. There you go. Proved with science and statistics. Yep. (laughs) And sports. (laughs) Sports for the win. (laughs) Cool. Has the question been answered? It definitely, there was definitely answers. All right. I mean, I mean, the answers were tangible. I felt them. This is from listener Michael, and he says, I'm a long time developer and have been considering asking to move to one of a more managery role, like project manager or product owner. Should I decide to do this? Is it more proper to talk to my current manager or the manager that I'd be reporting to first? What is the proper protocol? That always makes me think of that office episode where um, Michael wants to declare bankruptcy. So he just like stands up in the middle (laughs) of the office and goes, I declare bankruptcy. (laughs) Like the protocols, you just say, I am a project manager. And then you are like He-Man. I have the power. There you go. That's the protocol. By the power of Scrum. Yeah, lightning strikes you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> huh so are, are is is this more i can't tell if this is asking like what's the right way to make this happen or what's the right way to avoid ruffling feathers yeah or, well i think the question might be more about like is there a generally accepted practice for when you want to basically leave your manager's team and become either a peer to them or go to a different organization should you talk to them first or should like you just go make it happen? Of? Yeah, like is there a generally accepted etiquette? Like the small fork on the inside, the tradition is you flip it around in your fingers for a little bit and then spin it up in the air and then it stabs down into the lobster and then you can start eating. <laughs> I actually have no idea what you're talking about, but that sounds I may really have awesome. learned etiquette from pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Or like yep. if you eat a really good steak and you're in a Western state in the United States, it's traditional to draw your six shooter in the air and shoot it a couple times and <laughs> shout like rootin' tootin' good. <laughs> yes, that kind of etiquette. That's exactly what yeah. we're talking about. Okay. I'm in the correct <laughs> frame of mind now. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's good that you are concerned with this because I know um, from experience as someone leading a team, it feels bad to have people want to leave your team. It feels like a rejection of you, especially if they want to go to some other team. I've, I've felt in the past like, oh, I'm the lame team and they're going to go to the cool team. And, and yeah. through no, uh, I'm pretty sure those are all unfounded reasons, but it, it just, it can feel bad to have someone say, hey, I'd like to not yeah. work with you anymore. Yeah, and it's like a breakup. Yeah, kind of, yeah. And then, then you stand up underneath their window with a boombox in your hands, <laughs> play music, and try and get them to come back to you. <laughs> You're a little young for that reference, Jameson. Yeah, I've actually never seen that movie. I've just seen a lot of memes about it. <laughs> I should see it now. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know that the order matters, but I think it it if you do it, it's important to make clear to the manager. Hey, I'm not, I'm not leaving this team because I hate it or because there's some cool team that will be more fun and, and you're the dumb, boring team. It's because I want to change roles a little bit and there's 
there's another place where I can do that role. Mm-hmm. And that might prevent yeah, some I, hurt feelings, unless it is because yeah, exactly. you, you hate their team and you don't like them and you want to be on a, the more fun team. Then I don't know what you do. Well, in that case, you I think you need to keep that a secret. <laughs> That's really true. Especially, you're you're going to stay at the company yeah. and you will be working with these people again. Um, yeah. It's a small world, especially in one company. So this needs to be about your personal development and desires. Like I want to go into product ownership or project management. It's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's what I think I'm good at. It's where my passions lie. And if you trust your manager to help you with that, then sit down with him or her and, and say that. Say, I want to go into this. What you know? What opportunities do I have? Give them a chance to, to help you out mm-hmm. before you totally write it off. But if they if you don't trust them and you think they might undermine the process, then it might be better just to weasel your way right on out of there <laughs> and go straight to the other manager. <laughs> yeah, we just talked about politics with the last question, and it seems like this could involve some politics depending on the company where oh, yeah. you're, I don't know, it's like a power struggle between the two managers, who gets mm-hmm. this person, who, who gets Michael on their team. And- yep. You get to... You're just a pawn in a political maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so are you saying it? the protocol is it doesn't matter what order you talk to them in or or, I, the, or you do need to talk to your own manager first? I, I think the maximum courtesy protocol, like if your protocol is tuned for courtesy, <laughs> then you would go to your own manager first. Yeah. So it sounds like Michael already has another manager in mind who he would be or wants yeah. to be working with. What if your manager is like, great, yeah. be the product manager on this team? And you're like, uh, actually. You're like, uh, it's a- actually, it's you. <laughs> I <Yeah>. want to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that could get tricky. I absolutely could. You Okay, so here's what you do. You say, I've been wanting to be a product manager. I've been thinking about this this other job on this other team. It seems really exciting. They have a need. What do you think? You know, and give them a chance to respond. Um, if you're worried that they might say, great, you're a product manager on my team. Yay, verily, let it be done now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, it could really backfire. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So you make it clear that there's already a different place in mind. That makes sense. Now, one thing that could be important in a situation like this is maybe you are too indispensable. And maybe that's why you're feeling like, oh, no, should I talk to my manager first? Maybe there's a worry that the work you're doing on your team is hard to replace and that the other members of your team don't know how to do your work. Yeah. Um, in which case, it might be good to spend some time first uh, doing some knowledge sharing and, and ramping up the people on your team so that when you leave, it doesn't leave a gaping hole. Because if there's going to be a gaping hole and your manager's nervous about that, he could very well stymie your your process. Yeah. I also think the proper protocol could be very heavily dependent on the company. Yeah. I mean, I know some companies have established processes for changing teams that are like very rigorously yep. followed and there has to be an opening yep. on the other team and there has to be someone in place already to fill the spot that you will leave on your team. And yeah, so I don't, there, there might be stuff you would follow there already, but I have heard of a company where if you wanted to transfer to another team, you were allowed to secretly interview with that team and then they could make you an offer to to transfer and then you could transfer and your manager basically knew nothing about it until the very end. Hmm. And I've also heard that this company recently changed protocol so that as soon as you initiate that process with another manager, your manager is automatically notified. Hmm. So 
I think that that might be an indication that it's a good idea to talk to your manager first. Like yeah, this company yeah. and maybe that this company is indicative of like a generally accepted social contract. And also, I think the automatic notification would be the worst way to find out. <laughs> well, I guess the real yeah. worst way would be someone doesn't show up on your team and shows up on another team one day. But the second worst way is like you get an email that's like, Michael has begun trying to bail on you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. So I, Michael it, has initiated the breakup process. Commence shaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I started off saying it doesn't matter. I think you've convinced me that it's good to talk to your own manager first. Well, with a little asterisk that I, I'm assuming the manager of the team you'd be moving to had, knows something about this. Because oh, otherwise, likely, how yeah. would you know that w- who they would be even? Or <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. so maybe you have some kind of conversation about like, hey, I, I think this would be interesting. I'll see if I can make it happen. Yeah. But it's a very pre- preliminary. It's not like I like you said, I declare I am now the product manager of this team. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. indicate you're interested. Then you have the frank conversation with your current manager. Um, yes, like try to get buy-in because news travels fast also. There's a good chance that that managers will share that information before you can get back to your manager. So you might want to just broach the first conversation with the other manager more as curiosity. Like, hey, you have some product managers. What do they do? You know, Do you have any openings? Just curious, just curious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think I've had. There was one time at a job where I changed teams and I, I don't remember how I did it, but knowing myself back then, I probably didn't talk to my manager and say like, Hey, I'm thinking of going this to this other team. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I just like bailed one day. And there weren't you think <laughs> there weren't any negative repercussions that I know of, but I, I also think I could have handled that in a more mature way. Th- this company was your also other manager oh, like, hey, why why is Jameson sitting on the other side of the building? Yeah, what's he doing over there? So, so the people on the team I moved to were like, come over, come over, and were like totally recruiting me, and then I just like uh-huh. did one day uh, without clearing it. <laughs> Or, or letting people know. There was also kind of this culture of like every few months there'd be this giant scrum, like rugby scrum, where everyone just kind of dives into this dust pile and teams just reshuffle and reform and then it separates <laughs> and there's like new people on all the teams. So it wasn't that outrageous, uh-huh. but but I still think okay. I could have handled okay. it better. So I'm poking a little fun at Jameson because the last two jobs he quit he quit before he even had a new job lined up. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, <laughs> that's this is kind of in the character for you. Kind of my style. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I just like shake my life and throw it up in the air and then then it lands. <laughs> and then I figure you out what to do. Throw all your life things into a into a dust pile and yeah. see what comes out. Yep. Cool. Well Well, there are worse life strategies, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Th- again. Also, this would not work very well without a lot of <laughs> a lot of luck and a lot of privilege of like industry and I don't know. Like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can't just like throw your life up in the air and shake it if you work at Walmart and then have good things happen. Like yeah. it's Oh man. That's it's, true. It's an interesting so, position to be in to so, have the freedom so to do lucky. that. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you you acknowledged that because it's true. Yeah. Well, 
Good luck, Michael. Yeah. I hope this advice helps you. If you also... I can't speak English today. If you, listener, want to be helped like Michael and Shang have been helped today... Helped is is in air quotes. Okay, maybe that's not the strongest (laughs) pitch. But anyways, if you want to be helped like these people have been helped, uh, what what should they do, Dave? They should go to softskills.audio in their favorite web browser on their favorite device and then fill out the form where it says, ask a question. And you can submit it anonymously or non-anonymously. Basically, any level of anonymity that you would like. Is that the opposite of anonymous? mm -hmm. Yeah, take off the A, yeah. I think that's right. (laughs) Cool. And go ahead and fill out that form and send it to us. You can also tweet us at softskillseng. We've gotten so many lovely tweets from people and lots of direct messages from people saying very nice things like, hey, I just got a huge raise thanks to taking your advice, which was much better than the, hey, I just got fired thanks for taking (laughs) your advice. (laughs) Yeah, that's good to hear. Also, I, I want to point out that we recently just crossed our first Soft Skills Engineering podcast birthday. It's been one year. Yeah, it has. Happy birthday. Can birth- you believe it? Dave, it's my birthday what? today. You're kidding me. My birthday was last week. What? It's so serendipitous. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I didn't wish you happy birthday then. Happy birthday now. Uh, happy birthday, Soft and Skills happy birthday, Engineering. Yes, to you and the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being with us this whole year. Are you talking to the podcast or to listeners or? I think I was, I'm talking to anyone who can hear my voice, even okay. you, Jameson. <laughs> okay, cool. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I think that means we're done. We'll catch you next week. Yep. See ya.